Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At ACE, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our 5-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like ACE, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. ACE is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome everyone to episode 222 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic and today we're bringing back the Bye Felicia for the Thunder, the Jazz, the Nets, and the Magic. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I'm such a genius that I can't even figure out this audacity thing. Because <laughs> yeah. so, so just a heads up to people out there, if my audio jumps, it's because we're having a few technical difficulties. Or rather, I'm having a few technical difficulties. Well, I forgot to call this episode 221B, even though you told me to do it like an hour ago. So we're both, This is true. We're both on the struggle bus today. Uh, we are recording <laughs> this on Friday, even though it's coming out on Monday, because again, I'm going to be out of town all weekend, and we want it. So as of right now, we could not include the Clippers and whoever loses Nuggets Spurs, because we don't know who's going to lose that series. So right. we, we will give them the bye Felicia treatment in due time, but... Since four more teams have been knocked out, we are going to say goodbye to them for the summer. And uh, we've got some decisions to make for all four of these teams. Let's more, let's start with the Oklahoma City Thunder, because I think that is the most surprising of the four that we are talking about today. Um, they entered their series against the Blazers as the favorites, even though they were the lower-seeded team. Damian Lillard did not take kindly to that. And ended their season with a 50-point eruption punctuated by one of the most cold-blooded series-ending shots in NBA history. A 37-footer right in Paul George's face. Fade away, uh, no it. less. Yeah, yeah. It just and absolutely, like, the most no, 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 oh, yes shot that you'll ever see at the end of a series. Uh, which Paul George correctly did say was a bad shot afterward. Um, but... Uh, well, you we said it's correct. I, I disagree with that notion. How is it not a bad shot if, if it's a tie game? Because he's game, been on fire the entire series. And besides, it's, no, it's Dame, Dame actually came out and argued afterwards with some logic that I think was undeniable. He said he didn't want to leave it up to the refs. Meaning, if he went in for a drive and if he, if, if he got clobbered and didn't get a call, mm-hmm. then no. He wanted control of it. Like, you can argue that if that he may have been able to get a better shot than a 37-footer. Yes. That's fine. At the end of the day, though, I do like the fact that he wanted to absolutely make sure that there wasn't any contact. Besides, like, it was a tie game. At worst, 
got into OT. I, right. I felt they had it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, they, I mean right, it's they were fine. Gonna win either way. But it's it's still in a tie game. If it's if they were down two, that's a different story, and they needed a three to win. But it was a tie game. It was a bad shot. It's still, a, he, yeah, he still a better it. shot than a Russ pull-up three. It, so let's... <laughs> that is where we have to start with the Thunder. Um, because Russ... As good as Dame was in this series, Russ was that bad. Uh, he drew a lot of headlines, of course, for his treatment of Barry Trammell, of uh, who he's just been giving the cold shoulder to, at Oklahoma right. beat writer. Um, so that was that didn't help the image that was being fostered on the court. But on the court, also, aside from Game Three, Russ was pretty bad in this series. Yes, he you know he put up his normal triple double esque numbers, but Dame very clearly outplayed him to the mm-hmm. extent that, like, the Thunder should be having, if they are not, they should be having a somewhat of an existential crisis of, can we win, can we go far into the playoffs with Russell Westbrook playing this style? No. Yeah, I mean... this is You were high on them coming into the season, that's yeah. fine. This is why I was always skeptical. I said months and months and months ago that this was coming down down to Russell Westbrook, and I had no faith in how he would execute these game plans. Yeah. Yeah. I he mean, lost that series for him. And yeah. I get that that Paul George, you know, having a bum shoulder, that's mm-hmm. that's obviously not helping the situation. But I mean, this came down to Russ taking weird shots, making bad decisions, stat hunting as he always do. And and it's it's just combined with this mentality that he has that he has to do it his own way and everyone else is wrong and the media can <laughs> you know go do something to themselves or whatever right. like right. he is you know, that arrogance I feel is fine if you can justify it on the court but when's the last time he's justified it two years ago yeah and even I mean, then he's one of the most polarized MVP winners of all time. Right. Like, they are 4-12 and 12 in the playoffs since Kevin Durant has left. They have not made it out of the first round since Kevin Durant has left. Russ has shot below 40% from the field in each of the past three playoffs. Yeah. That's not doesn't surprise. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. No, I know. So, I mean, look, and his comments in, during his exit interview didn't seem... I'm not going to read too much into them, because, like... He's pissed off, probably, and, you know, maybe he comes back and is a totally different player. I'm not going to say he's not going to change just based on what he told reporters who he hates the day Mm -hmm. after suffering a crushing loss in the playoffs. But they didn't come off as a guy who's really undergoing this, like, drastic self-evaluation of, maybe my style doesn't work. Maybe I do need to cut out some of these pull-up threes or some of the pull-up jumpers in transition. Like, maybe I need to be a better shooter to be attempting, you know, he he took 34 threes in five games, and he shot 32.4% on them. <laughs> That's even, that seems high even for him. I know. He, he attempted 5.6 threes per game during the regular season, shot 29%. I think, I, I saw some stat that was like, of the people, of the guys who shot at least five threes a game, he had the lowest effective field goal percentage during the regular season of anyone. No, it's bad. And that that in his MVP year, that was the one good year he had from downtown. He can't he canned two hundred triples, mm-hmm. and I think like forty thirty four percent. Yeah, yeah, which is proving to be an outlier. Yeah, complete outlier actually. 
So I thought Jonathan Jarks of The Ringer had a really good column uh, about Russ and the difficulty of building around him is you need shooters, obviously. Like, if you're building around a non-shooting point guard, you need to have guys who can knock down open shots off of his... You know, he can still drive to the rim and kick it out, mm-hmm. and he hasn't lost that ability yet, but he needs guys who can benefit from that. And Paul right. George was that for much of the year. Yes, the bum shoulder hurt, but, I mean, you could argue that this Thunder team, as currently constructed, is fundamentally flawed because they don't have a stretch five. Steven Adams is not that guy, but he's under contract for 25 plus million a year for the next two years. They have Dennis Schroeder, who could take some playmaking responsibilities off of Russ, but he's also not a knockdown three-point shooter by any stretch of right. the imagination. So if you're the Thunder, what do you do this summer? Do you do you look at your first-round opponent who, you know, a lot of us, after the Blazers got swept last year, were, were saying, ah, I don't know about this Blazers team. Like, what do they do? do? Should they start shopping CJ around? Should they consider trading Dame? And then, you know, they... they Stood their ground, held the course, came back, and even despite Nurkic going down at the end of the regular season, they are in the Western Conference semifinals with a legit shot to make it to the Western Conference finals. So do the Thunder take that route? Say Andre Roberson's coming back. He would have made a big difference in the series because he would have had another wing to really lock down Dame or CJ, and they wouldn't have been able to torch us like they did. Or do they start considering trading Steven Adams, trading... Paul George, trying to <laughs> trade Russell Westbrook. Yeah, there you go. Why trade people who aren't the problem? <laughs> I mean, look, let's let's just stop beating around the bush. The problem is Westbrook. He's a heavy usage, low efficiency player who just doesn't have the necessary basketball IQ to take it all the way. When, when the Thunder made the finals in 2012, that was with Kevin Durant and James Harden, admittedly a young James Harden, but those guys were the great decision makers. Remember the 2012 finals? Russ had one good game where he had 40 plus. Otherwise, he would take like a bunch of pull-up mid-rangers where everyone would be scratching their heads going, you have Kevin Durant and James Harden right there who could take more efficient shots. And it just didn't happen. This has been a trend ever since. I mean, look, he's he's not a guy you can build around. He is yeah. one of those guys that we've talked about at length that we were nervous about when he would start to decline. Because his athletic prowess is what made him him. Like, he is not a fundamentally sound basketball player. And I know that sounds horrible, considering he's leading the league in assists, and he's grabbing 10 rebounds a game, and he's scoring, you know, 20-plus a game. And I will give him this. Passing-wise, yeah, he's, he's tremendous. He just doesn't do it enough. Even though he's leading the league in assists, he's not deferring enough because he consistently takes wild jump shots where you have to just wonder what the hell is going through his mind when he takes them. Yeah. Like, you can't build around him. He, I'm, not gonna, I'm not ready to say necessarily that he's bad, but he's not good either. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, the moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. I just think he... This has been the Russell Westbrook conundrum for so long now. The bad Russ versus good Russ. And at his peak, he helped his team more than he hurt it. You know, he still made... He took some terrible shots and had some really awful turnovers, even at his Mm -hmm. peak. But he made more winning plays than losing plays. I agree with that. Now the pendulum is starting to swing a little bit. And he is not making up for his losing plays with as many winning plays. You still see flashes of it. Right. But... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I went back and did, like, a pretty comprehensive breakdown of his game, too. Uh, and it was just, like, man, they just, some if you could just convince him to cut out the three worst shots that he was going to attempt that night mm-hmm. and either just pass the ball and work off or, you know, drive and kick or just drive and try to draw fouls, he'd be a much better player. But also defensively, he needs to lock in more. He gets lost a lot, especially off the ball. And I don't know what you can do, if anything, to like convince him to work harder on that. And just because he plays with such a manic energy on offense, that you know, I'm not gonna say he's like lazy, because he, you know, he's just he's up to eleven on the spinal tap radar the entire time. So. Yeah, I don't know what the Thunder do here. If if I'm running the team, I don't think they have much of a choice. I think they have to kind of bring everyone back and just hope Roberson helps solidify whatever they were missing in this Portland series. But I think it goes back to, you've been saying this for a while now, in the playoffs, a great offense is going to beat a great defense. And we've seen mm-hmm. that in the both, you know, we'll talk about the Jazz in a little bit, but both of these series, the Thunder and the Jazz had great defenses during the regular season. They were second, the Jazz were second, the Thunder were fourth, respectively. Houston was second in offense, Portland was third. And look which two teams are moving on. Yep. It, so, it's a problem because mostly when you spend a lot of your cap on defensive-minded players, like, that's fine. That's It's going to help you win. It's going to help you take it to the playoffs. But, but then what? Like, where's your shot-making going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So, if, I, if you're... Sam Presti, what do you do? Assuming you're not blowing up the team. Assuming Westbrook, George Adams are coming back. Mm -hmm. How do you improve this roster to the point that it's ready to make a deep run next year? How can I? (laughs) Well, do you you try to bring back Markeith Morris? So they only have non-bird rights on him, which means they would have to use the mid-level basically to keep him, and they're going to be... They're well over the tax already, so they oh, yeah. only have the tax pyramid level. So, I mean, do you try to keep Morris, or do you go a different route? I mean, if I'm I'm willing to pay a ton of luxury tax money for a team that's going to get bounced again in the first round, <laughs> sure. No, but again, this comes down to expectations, right? Yeah. Does Does Markeith Morris turn me into a second round team? No. 
what does like of all the options out there that are affordable yeah is there an mle player out there and it has to be the tax mle right right yeah yeah tax mle player out there who who turns me into a second round uh playoff team like and i know some people will point out to me hey you know what injuries happen like they can they can get the right team yeah on a bad day all I get that, but out of the window with that, we, you can't rely on it. Like that's right. or the bracket could break well, like it did for right. Portland this year. But exactly, yeah, you can't bank on that. Right, you have to just bet on yourself as a yeah. team. Right, and the answer to that is no, no. I mean, look, Raymond Felton was horrible. Right, he was getting and he was getting a lot of minutes. Yeah, you know when when you're when you're in that situation, there's not a lot you can go to. Like, how can you upgrade significantly for for you know from Raymond Felton, when you have virtually no money to spend, and like Markeith Morris is up for a new deal because he's a free agent, right? Just, no, Nero's yeah. Noel, he's got a player option. Yeah, he should turn that down for sure, yeah. for sure. Like I think Jeremy Grant, thankfully for them, is under. Yeah, he's under yeah, contract for one more there. year. Then he's got a player option. He is definitely not picking that up in twenty twenty yeah. if has a repeat of this season because yeah. he was really really good. Like maybe it's about just structuring the offense differently. Like maybe giving Grant a big role in the offense. Yeah, I think I think his game is ready for it, honestly. But does that change? No, I, I don't think so. You still have Russ there. It it boils down to how adjustable is Russell Westbrook to changing. Yeah, and we know that he is not. He's going to be thirty one this this year. Let's be honest. When you're getting older, you're not really inclined to change. Right. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Patterson kind of flopping for them was yeah. hardly ideal. Like, that was the guy who should have fit really well with them in theory, but he just mm-hmm. didn't. So that was a big whiff. I mean, they if you're bringing this core back, you need to nail everything on the margins. So you need to really hit in the draft. You need to yep. nail whoever you sign with the MLE, whether it's Morris or... Ideally, you try to get more shooting in there. Like, please, God, you just got a five-game dose of Seth Curry. You know what he can do. Uh, But, like, as you said, all of the popular mid-range free agents this summer, like, don't suggest Danny Green is going there for the mid-level, the taxpayer mid-level exception. It's not happening. Or, like, Patrick Beverly is not going there for the taxpayer mid-level exception. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough. But... (laughs) It, it's hard to see how they get out of this unless maybe this causes Westbrook to have a reckoning with himself and he does come back and changes his playing style. Hopefully Paul George can make it through the season healthy next year. Maybe we start seeing a little bit... Maybe Steven Adams turns into a stretch three. He's the next Brook Lopez. Who knows? But right now, you know, I, I, was, I forget who on The Athletic wrote this article but he's like there are only like four teams i would trade places with if i'm okc and it was like milwaukee denver sacramento which i thought is interesting and i think golden state um and he was like there's too much uncertainty with boston toronto philly it's like i would maybe not toronto but like i'd much prefer boston or philly's court to okc's moving forward. oh for sure that's that oh, i'm sorry i don't know who wrote that that's a ridiculous comment that's yeah. just that, that's ridiculous. Now, yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely locked in financially. Right. You can't do jack. You you have a you you know yeah you have one of the league's most 
intimidating defenses, that's fine. But like we've said, at nauseum now, mm-hmm. that's not going to win you in the anything in the playoffs. Yeah. You you have inefficient scoring from Westbrook. Like Paul George, is your one one primary stable offensively, and he has to assert himself tremendously defensively as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, like if you unleashed George offensively and said, you know what, next year just don't worry about defense because we've got a deep roster defensively. Just go out and get thirty five a game. Yeah. That's, I mean, you would be on to something, but it wouldn't last because then the regular season he would just tire himself out. But I think that would could be a play in the playoffs next year. Yeah. Just basically tell George, you know, let's put you on one of the weaker assignments and then just have you ball out offensively instead. The thing they should hope for is the development of Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. And I will say as much, like, he got significantly better this year, so yeah. that's a plus for him. Yeah. But he'll have to turn into something substantial like from this year to next, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, but like, what's the realistic cap though? Like, right. he's not going to jump from what what did he average like eight points or something like that? I think yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to jump from that to I think twenty. Right. And I think that's what is kind of needed. And and part of that is, do you think Russ is even going to allow that? Not not in terms of like, oh, you're not allowed to take shots, but. <laughs> Him just taking as many shots, I don't think he will allow for others to just get enough volume behind their shooting to achieve those numbers. Like It seems like this is a two-man team because Westbrook is just so hell-bent on taking a bunch of shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of tough questions for OKC moving forward. Right. But just to... like, We can can agree that there's no way nobody takes on Russ's deal, right? The only one I could see would be Washington for Wall. Yeah, for Wall. Yeah. yeah. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. At ACE, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our five-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like ACE, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. ACE is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. All right, let's move to the Utah Jazz now. Uh, Very similar kind of story where it's, I mean, we were saying this throughout this whole series was just they just did not have the offensive weaponry to keep up with Houston. Now, to Mm -hmm. their credit, after they got smacked around the first couple games, they really committed to this wonky defensive system against James Harden where they were giving, they were openly conceding floaters and they were like <laughs> yeah. just standing behind him to guard him so he couldn't hit a step back three. Um, what so a league, de- by the way. What a league now. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. So, I mean, their defense is great, but Donovan Mitchell had another playoff series to forget. He was, I believe, 4 of 22 in game five in particular. 
A 6.9 PER for the series, which is the lowest ever recorded for a guy with a usage rate of over 30%. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a good... Oh, man. So, I know you've caped for Donnie since prior to the prior to the draft in 2017 yeah are you at all worried about him being an 82 game player instead of a 16 game player yeah well a little but i don't not not as much as a lot of other people are honestly Mm -hmm. because when you have no help yeah that that just doesn't help you i i do think that his advanced metrics are particularly bad and i i i do think there's a level of improvement that he needs to achieve you know, maybe he's not going to be uh, one of those all-time playoff performers, so he needs help. Maybe he's going to be somewhat similar in terms of playoff production as a DeMar DeRozan or a Kyle Lowry. Um, let's hope not. He's still young. There's a lot of time. But if that turns out to be true, then he'll need at least three or four cable scores around him. Yeah. And how is Yuza going to go about that? Because right. Dante Exum is probably not going to be that guy. Joe Ingles, a perfectly fine player is not one of those guys who can consistently create for himself and yeah. you know score 30 a night um Derek favors not that guy probably gone this year as well Rudy Gobert not that guy Kyle Korver possibly retiring Jay Crowder yeah. uh-uh. uh Tabo Cephalosha is two million years old um <laughs> like who's that guy Grayson Allen I don't I, it seems like Grayson Allen's athleticism really didn't carry over to the same extent. Now, granted, he had a couple knacking injuries, if I remember correctly, so he could increase his production, but I don't think he's ever going to be like an all-star level player. Yeah. They need they need scoring. They they need players who can put the ball in the basket. It's very, very simple. Yeah. So here's the question is they have at least one, if not two, notable free agents. They have a team option on Derek Favors, which we'll get to shortly. But Ricky Rubio, unrestricted free agent. Right. Do you think there's any scenario in which they should bring him back? If the price is right, then, what, then fine. What's, what is right? Two years, 20. Oh, See, I don't even know. I just think he's such a bad fit conceptually. Yeah, conceptually, but he's, his defense is good. He is yeah. a wonderful passer and playmaker. He's an improved shooter. And I think having him... You to be able because he's six four after all. Having him yeah. on the roster alongside Donovan Mitchell does allow for Mitchell to play on the weaker defender. But that's only defensively. I, I do agree offensively, he's not a great fit. You would yeah. want something else. If you if you're looking from it at it from an offensive perspective, I think Donovan Mitchell should play the point guard position. Yeah. Much like Jamal Murray. I yep. think that's where he would fit in because then you he's the primary point of attack. He's a good enough passer to get by, but he's not going to be the ultimate playmaker. Mm-hmm. So you will need a secondary guy to handle the offense. And I know that some people are suggesting Joe Ingles, but I, I wouldn't trust Joe or an 82-game schedule to handle the vast majority of the ball-handling responsibility. I don't think that's fair to put Joe in that situation as well. As at a, you know, 31 years old, 32 years old, not you know, insanely athletic. So... You know, how, how is he going to break down defenses right. time and time again? That's not going to happen. So you need to find a, a large wing who can initiate the offense consistently. Basically, what I'm describing is Paul George, ironically. <laughs> Good luck prying him away. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen. But you need right. to find a, a wing who can at least do some damage. Yeah. And Utah is not a free agent destination. So yeah. 
it's it's tough. They have a very very hard road ahead. Yeah, I mean, what basically like they're not gonna get they're not gonna be in the market for Kyrie or Kemba Walker or anything like that. So I'm wondering if like would they be better off with a Darren Collison or a Corey Joseph instead of a Rubio? No, no, I don't think so because look. Collison is a better shooter, yes, but he's also weaker defensively. He doesn't have great size. And I honestly I think Collison's overrated as a defender as well. Like you know, he, he does have a good rep as a defender, even though he's not as good as as obviously Rubio, but I think he's even worse than advertised because he's just so small. He's listed six six feet clean, I believe. And yeah. he just doesn't have the size. And in the West, I mean you would switch around on him every single time. Like James yeah. Harden would I was about to say eat his lunch. It wouldn't even get that far. Like that's that's a snack. Right. I mean, they do have Exum too, assuming he can stay healthy. But you can't bank on that at this. No, I. Right. I, no, I'm not out on Exum by any stretch. I'm just, no. I, I've. I don't I, know. You shouldn't build your team around the idea of Dante Exum is going to be around, available like, for an 82 game season, 30 minutes a game. He could be our starting point guard. Right. Exactly. So. And now we've gone through that. Who else are there, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, that's like the the free agent market is the big guys, and then Collison and Joseph. You have Rondo, Pat Beverly, who I think is going to be in high demand, and I also don't think there's any way he leaves the Clippers. D'Angelo Russell, you could try to get with in restricted free agency, but I don't think we'll we'll get to him later. Yeah, and I don't like that fit either. No, I don't either. Um, Moutier. Alfred Payton, Derek Rose, Terry Roger. They already had Derek Rose. They waived him. Yeah, so... I mean, Malcolm Brogdon's restricted. That could actually Malcolm be Brogdon, interesting. Malcolm Brogdon could be interesting for yeah. him. In fact, two Bucks players could be interesting. Him and Nikola Miricic, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, even if you swing it, right? If you're the Jazz. Even if you get Nico and Brogdon in... How much better are you? Like, offensively, yeah, it's a clear step up. Mm-hmm. But defensively, you'll still lose some players. You know, you'll have to find some more minutes for Brockton and Nico. Like, Brockton is a, is a fine defender. He's not an otherworldly defender. Nico can be good on the right circumstances and the right setting. But, yeah, I don't know. And and only it's, Donnie would still have to create most of the offense mm-hmm. because Brockton, to me, is still a two, yeah. not a, a, you know, a point guard. Yeah, And Nico... He's a fine playmaker, but he's not a great one by any stretch. Like, he's more of a gunner. He's mm-hmm. more the release valve or the guy that you actually set set up, like, more than the guy who sets other, others up. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, however you look at this roster construction for, for Utah and their salary situation, it's hard. Like, they are going yeah. into a huge offseason. And would you agree that it's fail on their behalf if they don't come back next year with a significantly altered roster? Like, I'm even yeah. I'm even fine if they take just some gambles on guys. Like, I'm fine with that. That's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. But they just need to make sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a Conley trade could be another option for them. They would love that. Yeah. I think... I mean, I think... Ultimately, I think they regret not getting him at the trade deadline. Or they should mm-hmm. regret not getting him at the trade deadline. The problem is, I don't know what they have, aside from future picks. Like, are any of their young players, other than Donnie, enough to 
entice Memphis? I'm not really sure no, about that. No, no. Yeah. I don't think so either. Like Tony Bradley hasn't shown anything really, mm-hmm. not yet. Uh Grayson Allen? No. They're stuck a little bit. I mean, we talked about who who was the team we did a buy Felicia on where we kind of said they had nothing in terms of, you know, young bodies. Detroit. Like they didn't. That was Detroit, yeah. Yeah. Like they're in a pretty similar spot as Detroit in that vein. Like who do they have? Well, I mean, they have Donnie, which and Gobert well, is still yeah, young. Like Well, Gobert is going to be what 27. Seven, I mean, outside yeah. of Donnie, but Donnie you you look at Donnie as an established player. That's what right, I mean. Right. You don't oh, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Like, you don't yeah, have someone I mean, waiting in in the wings, right? Royce O'Neal He's good, but he's like a role a role yeah, player, and he's yeah. he's gonna be what twenty five, twenty six, twenty six. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. It's none of these teams have easy answers, which is no. I mean, it's kind of why they are where they are. Uh, They're gonna think, have to hit in the draft. Yeah, I mean, which they they've done with Donnie, and, yeah. and and I mean they got Gobert too. Like it, they have nailed some mid to late round picks, so it's not yeah. impossible. Um, what are your thoughts about the favors? Gobert pairing. They have the sixteen point nine million dollar team option on favors. It guarantees on seven six nineteen, so July sixth, which gives them a couple days at the start of free agency if they can swing a trade or something. But yeah, you think they yeah. should pick that up or let him go, or does it uh, depend think- on? How free that, that's the thing, and and I mean, ultimately, I look at Favors as a center. I don't think he's a power forward in today's league. Yeah. So you're effectively paying a ton of money for two centers. Mm-hmm. I, I I do think that they can play together because they've done that for so long. So there is like an inherent chemistry right now that they've developed over the years. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's an optimized version of what the Jazz can be when they are on the court at the same time. Favors is not a shooter. He's actually a kind of weaker Gobert in a sense that he's a defender rim protector uh, not in the same caliber as Gobert obviously mm-hmm. and he's a rim diver and that that's about it like I if you get a good price on favors sure I guess if you can't like if, if he's your best option but I've I've honestly been surprised for a while that why they haven't traded him for like a wing or a guard when he was under contract a couple years back yeah, again, it's like if they could have somehow swung favors plus Rubio for Conley at the deadline. Yeah, you gotta wonder if they'd still be alive right now. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year: up to sixty percent off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip flops for two bucks, graphic tees for four bucks, shorts for six dollars, and jeans for eight dollars. Right now, get the best kids styles at kid size prices: just two, four, six, and eight dollars. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in store free today. Up to sixty percent off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid seven twenty nine to eight eleven. Select styles. Excludes in store. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Uh, let's go into the Eastern Conference now, Mort. 
the Brooklyn Nets. It gives me great pleasure to say bye, Felicia, to them. Um, it actually gives me great pleasure because I've been caping for this stupid team for the last three years, ever since Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson took over. So it was like a battle of my soul, this first-round series. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm happy now that, that I don't have to root against the Nets anymore. I can go back to them being my second-favorite Eastern Conference team. Um, right. the, the question with them starts with D'Angelo Russell, who's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. Correct. What do you think they do? I mean, he says he wants to come back. I'm assuming they want him back. Yeah. But if he gets a four-year max offer sheet from somewhere else, how should they just match it without question? Should they be a little nervous about matching it? What do you think about Oh, they should definitely be nervous. Look, D'Angelo Russell, despite being an all-star and a very, very good player, I think it's entirely fair to say that you have concerns about him moving forward. Like, he's not a guy who scores inside. Like, he won't get yeah. to the ring a lot. Yeah. He doesn't get to the foul line a lot. Like, he yeah. is a guy who, for the most part, plays away from the basket and solely away from the basket. Mm-hmm. That means that there's there can always be a great um, variance in how he plays and produces. Um, be, because taking longer shots are just... That, that's why they're longer. They're more difficult. Right. So his production can swing somewhat wildly because he is so perimeter-oriented as he is. Um, for a long time, I've wondered why he didn't go inside. Like, his body can sustain it. He's yeah. 6'5", for crying out loud, and he's got somewhat broad shoulders. Like, he's not he's not skinny. Like yeah. He's, he's pretty beefy. There's There shouldn't be any reason as to why he couldn't absorb contract uh, contact a little bit more. So... I don't know, and I don't want to go through the entire Minnesota Timberwolves idea with, hey, Tangelo, do you promise to get better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty bad. Um, as currently, you know, looking at Russell's game as currently constructed right now, I probably would top out at $20 million a year. Ooh, interesting. So yeah. will you, if it, he gets a max offer elsewhere, you let him walk if you're Brooklyn? I. I mean, I'm definitely considering it. The, the thing is, what you have to gauge is, so if you match that contract, then you you, you retain an asset, sure. Mm-hmm. And then you could do a Blake Griffin and try to trade him later on. Right. But if he starts having a really, really bad season, that's going to mm-hmm. stick with people and stick with teams for a long while, which could lead to low, low ball offers yeah. for a long time, honestly. Yeah. And then you're kind of locked up with on that contract. And given that their contract situation right now is very, very clean, outside of Alan Crabb, who's going to you know pick up his uh, $18.5 million player option, I at least, I don't know if we've got an official word on that, but I no, can't imagine but, that he... Yeah, he's going. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And the second highest paid player right now, or, or for next year, is Spencer Dinwiddie at $10.6 million. Yeah. That's peanuts. And Joe Harris... A very very good player who led the league in three point field goal percentage, seven point six million. So their salary, their their books are fine. Yep. So overpaying for a guy, that could be somewhat disastrous. I don't know. What right. would you do? How where, how far up would you go? I mean, I think I match no matter what, but I agree I'm nervous about it. Yeah. Because I think the max for him if he signs with another team is four years, one seventeen. So that's close to 30 million a year instead of 20 and i don't feel great about giving him that for all the reasons you listed like he had some very exploitable weaknesses in that series that philly figured out pretty quickly um and until i'm not saying he can't improve on them 
Like that's the one thing that I've seen a lot. You know, a lot of people on Twitter have rightfully pointed out he doesn't get to the rim. He doesn't draw free throws. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of him going forward. I feel like he took a massive leap this year, mm-hmm. and then I think this playoff experience. You know, a lot. Of, I think the th- the cool thing about the playoffs is that you see a lot of guys struggle early on, and you they like the playoffs make you realize what your biggest weaknesses are because right. in the playoffs the team figures that out and exploits it relentlessly until you can prove you can overcome that mm-hmm. so for russell the sixers willingly conceded those mid-range shots to him and they you know they were not afraid of him getting in the rim they were fine with him taking open 15 footers that was their strategy he couldn't make them pay on that so does he go back and, you know, as you said, I don't know that you need to have the, the conversation with him that you did with Wiggins because he's clearly proved that he can get better and does, has gotten better since he came into the league. I'm not worried about is he going to put in the work. I know he is. So Oh, I, yeah, no, I'm not worried about that either. Like, let yeah. me get that out of the way. But there's more to it, though. Like, we, we're just talking offense, like defensively. Yeah. Yep. He's not good. And, yep. and you have to – so that's – so now – you you talk about him being a more well-versed offensive player, but you're also talking about him t- having to take substantial steps forward defensively. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot to put on a guy who's 23. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying he's not going to get better. I absolutely expect him to get better. Yeah. What I question is, will he take that second leap? Right. Will he become that just an average defender? And a guy who can get to the line and take just five free throws, which, like, let's be honest, for a guy who's scoring around the 20-point mark, taking five free, throw, free throws a, t- a game is sort of average as well. Mm-hmm. Can he just get up to those two? I'm good with getting him, like, $25 million a year. Yeah. But it's still a process that needs to happen. And who knows? Because he is so perimeter-oriented as he is, and your points are well-received, I absolutely agree with you on all accounts, it's still a gamble. Yeah. So... I think I would maybe if the if the if the number is twenty, as I would have it, like maybe he comes back and says, "Well, you know what? I want twenty five. Mm-hmm. Then if you meet somewhere in the middle and it goes to twenty three million a year, I can live with it. But thirty, I'm not, nervous about thirty. Yeah, he's not gonna say I want twenty five. He's gonna say no, I want he's max. saying full max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean though. Like yeah, just yeah. the full thirty is that's where I'm worried because yeah. then then the expectations become a demand. A hardcore necessary demand. Like, look, we're paying you max money. You're clocking up our cap for the next four or five years. Like, you will have to do these things. Right. Yeah. Now. I I mean, and this is the problem in general, not to get, like, too big picture, but with the the max contract is that it's become such a status symbol that all of these all-star caliber players expect to get maxed, but not all of them necessarily deserve a max contract. Like, I would not... Right. Like, Otto Porter did not deserve a max contract. Right. But the Wizards had to give it to him because another team gave him one and they had to match. They didn't have a way out. The Nets have Brooklyn, a way out. Brooklyn, ironically. Right, yeah, exactly. So, like, someone... I think especially because Sean Marks has been such a dick about offer sheets, <laughs> someone's definitely throwing a max offer sheet at D'Angelo Russell just to get him back for the... Because he did it with Crab, he did it with Tyler Johnson, and he did it with Otto. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it's definitely going to be a tough situation either way. I think, like, ideally he would love to get D'Angelo Russell back at below the max. But mm-hmm. I think he is getting maxed, and I think they bring him back. And, and I think you're right. They have every reason to be nervous about it. But I just, I don't know. Losing him would just be such a setback to this program that's showing such positive momentum. But at the same right. time, I mean, they might have to get, like, if they get a star free agent, say Kawhi Leonard surprises us all and yeah. says, I'm not going I to the Clippers, Brooklyn. I'm not going to the Raptors, yeah, I want Brooklyn. I believe they either have to trade Crab, which, good luck, you would have to give up at least one first-round pick to do it, or you have to give up Russell, you have to rescind his rights to create the cap space for a max contract. So mm-hmm. maybe they can get out of Crab, I don't know, but... Like, there's also no guarantee that Russell is coming back if they can get a superstar free agent. Right. But there's also another wrinkle that we haven't talked about yet. Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a team out there that's prepared to lose a guard, yeah. it's the Nets. For sure. Like, and, and I get you, you raise a good point about the program. Like, because that's been a thing. Brooklyn has had to rebuild everything from the ground up after they made that horrendous deal with Boston, you know, six years ago. They've, they've been on a mission to rectify themselves and, and to rebuild your entire infrastructure and be re- respected again. And now they're one of the most beloved teams in the league. So not matching a, a Russell contract or moving him or rescinding his rights, whatever, like that, that doesn't show a, a great... That's not a great sign to show during this particular point in their history that they're in. Mm-hmm. The question I have is, should that matter? Yeah. No, it's a fair point. And Levert, I mean, they have Dinwiddie locked into a very affordable extension over the next couple of years. Levert's eligible for an extension this summer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess they there are no terms that they can agree upon. Just because yeah. I, I think Levert's going to say, my trajectory earlier in the season and when I came back late, especially against the Sixers, suggests I am close to a max player. Like, I'm right. really good. You could argue I'm better than D'Angelo Russell, and if that guy's getting maxed, why am I not? Yep. So I think that's something else they need to keep in mind, whether they're negotiating with Russell this summer or a max free agent, is Levert's got a big payday coming up. Levert also has a deeper injury history, not just with sending the angle this year. Yep. Like, he, he's been made of glass, and I think that's fair. Like, remember how, you know, Golden State actually got Steph yep. for, what, four years, 44? Yeah. Because of the angle. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can get Levert that cheap because it's a different era. I think yeah. when Curry signed, was it was like 2013 or something like that, yeah. 2012, 2013. Yeah. So that's a long time ago. But I do think you can point to those injuries and go, you know what? We need to make sure. Like having a, have a grown-up conversation about it and go, you yeah. know what? We need to be able to trust each other. Like You have missed X amount of games every year. That's a problem. We need You are a tremendous talent, but we need to safeguard ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you the, could get him at like four years, sixty. Oh my goodness, that would be, that would be fantastic. But you bring up a fair point. I mean, he does have a lengthy injury history dating back to college. That's why he right. fell as far as he did in the draft. Mm-hmm. I, you could you could definitely at least play into that, and I mean, because otherwise you could offer him more money and do what the Sixers did with Embiid and like only partially guarantee some of that contract. Yeah. But. Or you could just give them like a fully guaranteed sixty million and say, "You're set yeah. for life. You're, you're going to be generationally rich 
if you just sign this deal. And I know it's less than what you could probably make next year if you stay healthy on the open market, but if you stay healthy is a pretty big qualifier. Right. I think that's fair. Like basically put it up to him yeah. in a way, but you 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 make sure that you have a beneficial scenario because you again, you have to safeguard yourself. Like yeah. injuries could be pile up for our team really really quickly. For sure. And Levert is is I want to say probably the best talent on that roster. Yeah. So oh, I don't think there's a question. Yeah, no he is. And and if he misses like 40 games a year, that's a problem. That's a tremendous problem. Yeah. Before we move on, they do have a bunch of other veteran free agents. Damari Carroll, Jared Dudley, Ed Davis. Do you try to bring any of those guys back? Davis probably for locker room stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, you know, we, we talk about Ed Davis from a personality perspective because there's a lot been a lot said about, you know, his ability as, as a leader and whatnot. But this dude can rebound the <laughs> yeah. living hell out of the basketball. Yeah. Uh, he was sitting at, I think, 8.6 I'm going off the top of my head here 8.6 rebounds in like what 15 17 minutes a game uh 8 or 17.9 but yeah 8.6 oh, okay. rebounds in 17.9 yeah. minutes so that's ridiculous that's that's yeah. utterly ridiculous so 17.3 on a per 36 minute basis right and you you just need one of those guys especially in the east yeah you need a bruiser a guy who can just come in and get you a ton of rebounds and Make sure that you because getting a rebound that just means you gain possessions, and when you're a team that's gunning like the Nets are, you need possessions. Yeah, I mean he was huge in game one. He had twelve points, sixteen rebounds in twenty five yep. minutes. He's a big reason they won that game, and he missed games four and five, and he's a big reason. I think especially in game five, he's a reason the Sixers could just blow him out as badly as they did because mm-hmm. he was a very impactful player. That injury changed a lot in that series, even though it's gonna get kind of lost in the history books since you know like look on paper it's a 4-1 series and the last game is a blowout so it's not right as close as like the series was much closer than the the score the final score yeah 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 what what do you do about ronde hollis jefferson (laughs) oh man i don't know if he's gonna get a big offer sheet honestly yeah i don't think so either yeah like he's had four years to just become just a moderate shooter and it hasn't happened yeah, which works in their favor, in the Nets' favor, at least. But, yeah, if yeah. he gets a big offer sheet, bye, bye Felicia. <laughs> oh, so you're saying that the Knicks or Lakers won't be in it? <laughs> right, right. No, because they, they want... They, I don't think they're focused on, like, young guys. They want... Oh, I'm saying when they strike centers. out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they'll focus. They'll, they'll sign Rondo instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's finish up with the Orlando Magic. Much like Brooklyn, uh, a great season for them. A, you know, no one really... Like Brooklyn, at least... Well, I mean, no one thought this team was making the playoffs. In the East. I know, but no one thought this team... What was their over-under coming into the year? I don't know. I think it was in the 30s, the low 30s. Maybe even the 20s. I'll give it... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, like, the Magic hadn't made the playoffs in, what, six or seven years? These are building Yeah, something around that. Yeah, I mean, after a while. I'm not saying it's good for them long term. Because I think it's going to force them into some dumb moves, as we'll talk about shortly. But yeah, they hadn't made the playoffs since 2011-2012. It was their first playoff appearance in seven years. Like, their first above 35 win season in seven years. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think it's definitely a sign of progress for them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm still seeing gapping holes on that roster, so... Right. So, that's the question, is one... Nikola Vucevic, first-time All-Star, career year, is now a free agent. Just got soundly outplayed by Marcus All in the first yeah. round. What do you do with him? If he gets a max... I mean, he's unrestricted, so it's, yeah. not, it's not a net situation where you can at least match. But do you offer him a max deal or anywhere close no. to it? No. No, he's, he's going to be 29 when the season starts. So apparently the Magic has made re-signing Vooch a priority... Mm-hmm. And Vooch has been like, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Which, to me, is pretty amusing. I have a feeling that Vooch is going to end up in, in with the Lakers. Ooh, okay. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. I think oh. it makes sense. Oh. <laughs> and I think they are going to cash him out. Yeah. I've heard some Kings rumblings. Which I That also... would be okay, because Willie Cauley-Stein is like not you know, the long-term piece. Yeah. Yeah. But for the Magic specifically, to answer your question, probably not. And I get that how horrendous that is because he's, you know, he's 80% of of a unicorn. Yeah. (laughs) And he's he's obviously their lone all-star. And that would just, this this is another one where it sends a a horrible message to, like, the the culture of the team. If they Mm -hmm. can get him for decent money, I'll be all for it. Like, 20 million a year, straight up, that's fine. But if it's, like... 25 26 27 million annually um no probably not also there's this guy called mo baba waiting lurking in the wings waiting for his opportunity and i'm kind of thinking that he fits the overall picture just a little bit better than vooch because vooch is not a rim protector yeah i mean that's where i was saying it, it was a good season for them in the sense that it was progress but now i think they'll be They'll at least be inclined to overspend to keep Vooch around. Whereas they have a blueprint in place. They have some young guys who it makes sense. You could build your front quarter of the future around Isaac and Bamba. Mm-hmm. But then that goes back to the Aaron Gordon question that we've been asking for months, if not years. How does he fit into the equation? And I don't have yeah, an answer so to that. I, I already have the answer to that. Okay. I do. I have. Oh, you want him in Denver. So, basically, we agree that if Vooch is gone, right? Yeah. 
that means that they're not going to be very good. They're going to go through at least a couple years where it's a learning curve. Yeah, I would agree. With with Bamba and Isaac specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And when you're gambling on Isaac and Bamba, you are more than likely going to build a culture that is built on defense, which yeah. isn't necessarily the best thing because as you and I have talked about, great defense in the playoffs will always be beaten by great offense. But mm-hmm. that's beside the point. So if you're going for a great defensive team, you should get one of the most versatile defenders of all time in on that team who is a little bit older and a little bit past his physical prime at least draymond green Ooh. oh no oh yeah no 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 yeah no 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 oh yeah no oh yeah i'm 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 calling it that's oh my god (laughs) If the magic, you just don't want to see Eric Gordon in Golden State. That's it. I mean, I do. I want Eric Eric Gordon to be freed, but that would be so outrageously stupid from the Magic that you're right. It's totally gonna happen. Because Steve Kerr is done with Draymond. Like I, I think that's safe to say. Once once Durant leaves this summer, if and when Durant leaves this summer, Draymond's the next one out the door. I think you're totally right. But why would Draymond stay in Orlando after 2020? I'm not saying he should. I'm saying you bring him in as a sort of teacher mentor. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That would be it. I thought you were going to say, because I know you've wanted Gordon in Denver for a while, which I could be on board with. If you package Gordon for Gary Harris and, like, Denver probably has to give up a little more just because Harris had somewhat of a down year because of the injuries. Yeah. Uh, I could at least get behind that because Denver still has Malik Beasley and Montemoris and you can... Kind of mix and match with those guys and Jamal Murray and be fine. Oh, that, I, I would be absolutely fine with that deal as well. Yeah, but no, I would absolutely, if I'm the Magic, I would absolutely not do Draymond Green. That would be, oh no. No, I get it, but it's the yeah. Magic, right? Have you yeah. seen what they've done over the past I five know. years? I know. You're, t- you're totally right. It's like right up their ballpark, but. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because especially. No, if you're talking like... about what they should do, the Denver deal is obvious. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about that, what, five or six times alone on this podcast? Like, yeah. The Denver yeah. deal should be there. I, in my opinion, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't believe, or I can't believe that it wouldn't be there. Like, Denver would be fools to not consider. Like, Gary Harris has missed quite some time now and he seems to be you know he's a good player but he does seem to be one of those guys on that roster who could be replaceable like you touched on Malik Beasley and you know what else there's another guy waiting in the wings to come in and score his name is Michael Porter so you know they should be fine but if they can get Aaron Gordon in there to pair with with Jokic good lord I wonder if there's a deal with the the, uh, Hawks too Oh, John get... Collins? No, no, no. I don't think you could get John Collins. But if you could get Torian Prince and then Bazemore for salary matching? Yeah, but why I mean, why would you create a lockjam in Atlanta? Because as much as I like uh, like John Collins, he's he's not center. Like he's he he can't bear that responsibility. He's just not good enough defensively. Yeah. Yet. But yeah, maybe... I don't think he'll ever ever be that though. I, he, he's he's okay. He's better than we thought because coming in the the notion on him was that he was going to be a train wreck. Yeah, and he, I don't know. He's not a. I I don't think he's going to be one of those game changing defenders whatsoever. I mean, I I think they need a proper center in in Atlanta. But I catch your drift though. Like he, Aaron Gordon, that is combined with Trey. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
That'd be fun. Um, last question about the Magic. They traded for Markel Fultz at the trade deadline. Do you I think knew they it was can, coming. Do you think they can count on him moving forward? Like, can they? Much like with we were asking with Utah, could you? You know, can you say my plan is to go in with Dante Exum as my starting point guard next year? If you're mm-hmm. Orlando, can you say my plan is to go in with Markel Fultz as my starting point guard next year? Given that I know everything about that weird-ass situation, yes, of course I can answer that, Brian. Look, I have no idea if current, like at this point in time that we're sitting here talking to one another, we have, I, I literally have no idea if Markel Foles has both arms. Right. Correct. This is where I'm at. I have zero idea about the, the health of Markel Foles. I want to say yes. I really do because I'm rooting for NBA players in general, yeah. even, even Russell Westbrook. Even yeah. Russ, I, I'm hoping he turns it all around. Um, but man, that shoulder story is just wild, yeah. and I I don't know. I think I think he may benefit from this situation so much because virtually no one has any expectations of him mm-hmm. right now. Like he's gonna mm-hmm. come in next year, and everyone's gonna be like, "We don't know what you can." <laughs> we have no idea what you can do on a basketball court right now. Can you yeah. only dribble with one hand? We have no idea. Yeah. The good thing is DJ Augustine's under contract for one more season at a pretty reasonable $7.25 million. Yeah, so that's fine. Yeah. If if Fultz, for whatever reason, is not ready, they have a backup plan in place. Um, I'm, I don't think you can count on Fultz. Nope. I think if... If he hits, that's great, and you've got, uh, you know, you have a low risk gamble. I think they should pick up his team option, his fourth year team option, regardless of what happens, just because. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? You know, you didn't you didn't make this trade unless something like, if they don't pick up his team option, that says he's not gonna make the league. Like that says to me that this shoulder thing is just never getting better, but I think they will. And then the good thing for him is that, unlike in Philly, he's not going to be under constant national scrutiny. Right. Like, he, he can, it's kind of just like a lower risk environment for him to get back into the fold. And, like, I, I wish the guy well, man. I really hope he hits the level that he, he was coming into the draft because he's a really, he should be a really great player in the NBA. But I, if I'm the Magic, I'm not game planning around him. So you're telling me that when he's playing in Orlando and he hits a three pointer, <laughs> it's not gonna get retweeted ten thousand times. He's hit three pointers, not many, but he has hit them. Yeah, but remember the one he the first he hit against yeah. you. I think it was the Bulls. That uh, was retweeted or something like that, like ten thousand times. Uh, like, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter just went amok. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is correct. He did hit. He hit. Four whole three-pointers in his first seven games of the season. Come on. God. <laughs> just, I, I just still can't believe it's the same season. Like, Markel Fultz started the season on the Sixers. What a, it's been a long year. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that's a good place for us to wrap up. We will be back with more by Felicia's once the, uh, the other first-round series ends sometime next week, hopefully. Um, and then... We will not have a Western Conference second round preview, but uh, sorry, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> all of these, 
all of these uh, lower-seeded teams are making things complicated. So in, in the meantime, please enjoy the start of the second round. We're really looking forward. It should be. It, this really, frankly, should be the best round of the playoffs. So enjoy. Uh, we will be back later in the week with some reactions to all the series. In the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, man. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clear. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.